I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. What's not rolling? What? Our poop. Our poop's not rolling. So, the human body is an interesting piece of machinery. It and is. Make no mistake about it, it's a piece of machinery. It's a, a very well designed machine. And what's interesting is in times of high stress, your body stops doing certain things. And a lot of people don't really realize it or recognize it when it's happening. But it's like, you know, the past. Uh, two or three days have been really, really busy, kind of stressful. And, um, you know, when, you're, when your body is stressed out, it, it, certain parts stop working that are not necessary. In particular, uh, um, what you're describing is that when your body is in the emergency response system, also sometimes called fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, certain things happen like appetite suppresses, menstruation suppresses, pupils dilate, adrenaline pulsates to the body, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't poop. And you don't take your poop. And you don't poop. And so, you know Yesterday what? morning, yesterday morning, I, we, you made me extra strong coffee in the French press so that I could have a nice poop before we went to the air show. And how this whole conversation came up is because I have yet to poop in front of you. I usually make you leave the house or at least go downstairs. Right. And I have yet to toot in front of you. And yesterday, because my Jeep was stolen out of the parking lot, um, right when I was getting ready to take a poop, you said, um, Jojo, uh, Lucy is gone. And therefore, then I could no longer poop. Because my body was thrown instantly into a state of stress. And we were supposed to be at an air show in 30 minutes. And so I didn't poop. And so I spent all day at the air show in the heat, dehydrated, not pooping. And then this morning, you went down to make coffee, and I had a toot. But what I did not know is that you would come up to grab your coffee mug, and you heard my toot. It was a wicked ripper. <laughs> Stop it. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> So anyway, we're just sitting here, you know, talking about about the bowel movements, and so you know. And you poop every day, sometimes I, twice. I usually, you know, I poop every day, sometimes twice, depends on my intake a lot and how relaxed I am. And I notice that, you know, with the extra stress of, you know, getting trying to get things done and the time crunch and stuff, is that my body didn't want to poop, and so it's like yesterday morning I had to, you know evacuate my bowels and then you know lucy went missing and then we're <laughs> running behind schedule and then yesterday was like a really busy day for like from the time we woke up till the time we went to bed and at 4 30 p.m <laughs> at yeah five o'clock we were done we were sound asleep <clears throat> and so um you know it's like your the human body suppresses that stuff yes. when it's you know Gotta focus on, put energy to other things. High stress environment, put energy on other things. You know, if you're running for your life. Like keeping you alive. If you're running for your life. You're not going to stop and take a dump. You're not going to stop and take a dump. You're going to (laughs) keep fucking moving. 
the body will not let that happen. That makes me think, you know, those marathoners, they piss themselves. Do they? Yeah, those old, those like triathletes and the ultra marathoners and all that, they actually piss themselves. That is so gross. It's weird that they even have to. That is so gross. Oh, yeah, it's a whole thing. You can see pictures of it. Like they have oh my God. pee down. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Wow. They don't stop to pee. They they pee while they're running. Oh, that would feel so gross. That would be so gross. So chafy. That's like a level of like, like commitment I'm not willing. Of uh-uh. Nazi running. That's like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Competition running is not my thing, I guess. <laughs> no. I'm going to have to ask Carl about that. Yeah, ask Carl. He'll know. Hey, Carl, do you piss yourself when you're running? No, you I don't, don't think Carl stop. does that. I think that he has a limit. I would have to stop and pee. I'm not going to piss all over my pants. <laughs> well, I'm they're wearing gonna, underwear. It's not I'm really I'm not going to shit myself either. No. <laughs> no. I'm going to stop and take a break. <laughs> Come know, in second. Come in second. First loser. I'm going to be the first loser. <laughs> so this is something that's interesting, speaking of like walking and running and stuff, these like marathon people. Um, they've found that over time, there's people that just like, you know, run, they pace themselves and they just, they run the whole time. But people that alternate between walking and running actually do much better time-wise than people that try to run all the way through. Really? Yeah, they've done studies. And it's like, you know, you run for 30 minutes and you walk for 30. You run for 30 because it gives your body those muscles because your walking muscles and your running muscles are two different sets oh, of muscles. Interesting. And so you give your running muscles a little bit of a break and you walk for a little bit and then you go back to running again. And, you know, I'm not a marathoner. I don't really know for sure. I've never, I haven't tried this on my own. Maybe I should. Well, um, I've run two marathons. One I finished. The other one I did not. Did you piss yourself? I did not piss myself. Did you take a pee break? I did not take a pee. I did not have a desire to urinate. Um, I did the Hal Higdon training program, and he recommends, and I worked with one trainer, in San, I ran them both in San Diego, rock and roll, and um, one trainer that I worked with recommended that you walk the hills walk every single hill and the reason he said that is he said you will deplete all of your lactic acid energy stores which is in your muscles if you run the hills and you're not like training all the time to do that Mm -hmm. and so he recommended because it was a group training program there was like a hundred of us or whatever he recommended walk all the hills and then run everything else but San Diego is mostly flat, so there's only like, you know, three hills in the whole race. Right. Um, I did walk the hills. And he also recommended, and I took this advice too, walking through the refueling stations. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, you're, you're, there's um, first aid stations that have Gatorade, water, electrolyte pouches, whatever. And I did walk through those. And mm-hmm. he said that was mostly to allow your stomach enough time for digestion mm-hmm. um, of what you're taking in so you'll get more out of what you're consuming. Right. So I kind of think I may, it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, that our body is, you know, and I think like when you do like that hardcore training, like marathon and this other extreme sports stuff, you know, you're training your body to function outside of where it normally does. So like, you know, the people that just run through the, the, the fueling stations, they've trained their bodies to operate in that environment. Right. And right. so when it comes to, you know, it's, maybe this comes down to like, you know, from a psychological standpoint, you know, being in an abusive relationship, not that, you know, and, and, and you know, training your body to, to be a marathon, I and mean, that's got to be somewhat of an abusive relationship if you stop and yeah. think about yeah, it. Because totally. we're, we're forcing our bodies to yeah. do something that it was not, they were not designed to do. And so... For extended periods of time. For extended periods of time. So, like, you know, when we're in an abusive relationship, you know, we get accustomed to a certain level of abuse, 
and it kind of mellows out there, and then it ramps up and it gets a little bit worse. Yeah. And then you're then you psych, from a psychological standpoint, you readjust to the new level of shit that's mm -hmm. going on. Our, we do that when we're training. Our bodies are the same way. You know, I we do I we do a lot of flying, and you know, like you know, yesterday we did the fly in, and you know, I can sit in that fucking airplane for ten hours a day. Right. You know, and, because yeah. I've you been, do it. I do it all the time. I, that's what I've done for so long. You know, I'm you know, flying uh, the bush up, up in Alaska. You've built the mus the muscle that you need, both physically and emotionally, to do that all day long. All day long, and yeah. so you know. It's like, you know, I can control my food intake. I can control my water intake so I don't have to, like, stop and pee every 10 minutes. But because... I can insert some thoughts on that. So to, to talk about the, uh, relational, the relational issue, you know, I just had one of those diurnal cortisol tests done. And the lady looked at the levels and she said it was like a 1.2. And most people, you know, are considered low when they reach 100. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, like, 300 is optimal in terms of cortisol um, levels. And she said this, this level of, um, cortisol deplete, you know, depletion only comes or it was enhanced, but the responding, um, neurotransmitters were depleted. She says that only comes from, um, years of trauma or abuse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oof, bat, bat to the gut, you know, feeling like right. I had no idea I was functioning in such a state. For so long. Most of us don't when we're involved in that type of a relationship. And it makes a lot of sense for why coming out, I felt so overwhelmed all the time. Because just adjusting to a new way of life, which was far more peaceful, it's wild. Now my capacity for anything is null. You saw right. that the other day. Um, you know, just the jerk of a car. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, right. like it's, it, it, I instantly am going to like this shutdown place if I'm, feeling it now which is interesting right but but i wanted to talk about how you said real quick about <laughs> we won't mention those um what i wanted to talk about is how uh, when i did the air race i was running full throttle on the airplane full throttle on my body full throttle emotionally mm -hmm. for uh, ultimately it was 20 hours in the aircraft <clears throat> over right. you know three days and it's insane how depleted I was. And I was thinking about how you do that, how you fly for, you know, straight freaking, you'll do six hours of cross country work with someone, you know. But the funny thing is, is I've flown, we've flown that many hours together in a day. And it's like a more laid back, like we're flying. That air race, I was very underprepared for the level of exhaustion. And what's interesting was coming back from, Madras, you know, we took the long way around to go look at uh, the Columbia River Gorge and hindsight's I should not have done that. I should have come straight home because I didn't even realize how freaking exhausted I was. And then we almost hit skydivers um, coming out of the gorge and it was smoky, hazy. Um, and I've, uh, yeah, I told Tina, I said, I've got an airport right here. It was Eugene. I said, I need to land. And she's like, okay, we have enough fuel to make it to our schedule. And I'm like, no, I need, I need to land. I get, I get that the airplane can make it to the next airport. I can't. Right. And we put the airplane down. Eugene's a huge airport. Put the airplane down. I got out. We topped it off. I got some water. I urinated. And I felt I had a couple pieces of chocolate. I felt so much better. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how you don't realize how depleted your body is, you know? Right. Um, 
Yeah, so stress does weird things to our bodies, and our bodies respond in a really interesting way, um, which I think was the topic of the conversation. But it's like, you know, the marathoners, I mean, they piss themselves. Yeah. Because they just can't stop running. They can't stop running. and and they're... I suppose you get into that groove and you just kind of get that rhythm going. and. Well, not only that, but they're probably drinking enough water to have to urinate. I don't think I drank enough water during either of my marathons to have to urinate. And you need those, you know, you need that fluid, those electrolytes to keep your the brain stuff, working. The stuff working. You're not just your brain, but your muscles too. Yeah, but your the brain turn, tells, the, yeah, tells the muscles to release the lactic acid, I guess. I mm. don't know how that all works. That's a little beyond my pay grade. I could tell you how it works when it comes to relationships, though. Right. <laughs> um, but so um, interesting, interesting thing about that is like I find, too, the reverse of that is if I haven't, I, I try to poop every day. I take my fiber-wise um, but if I don't, I'm pretty grumpy about it. Yeah, you are. I don't care for that feeling. And so my question is, and this is just kind of, I'm just curious now, is it like, um, you know, your, your bowel schedule, is it kind of revolving around like, you know, like a high-stress environment type of a thing? Because I know it goes back quite a few years, um, but is it, because of like the, the stress of the environment you were in growing up where your body would like literally just kind of like shut down. It's like, okay, we're not going to do this right now because we're in fight or flight mode. And you spend a lot of time living in that fight or flight mode, you know, type of uh, environment. I think it maybe <clears throat> is on some level psychological. I have to say, like, I mostly think it's psychological mm -hmm. because I know that I've done all the things that I would normally do to input enough food and take my fiber that it should export. But what's interesting is I pooped every day of the air race mm -hmm. and I did not expect to. I thought I was going to get done with that thing and be so constipated. And um, Tina was on me about it, though. She was like a mom. She was like, did you take your fiber juice? <laughs> I'm like, Tina, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. She's like, you need to take your fiber juice. <laughs> it was so hilarious. I was like, this That's is pretty funny. bad. But um, the funny thing is like, you get close quick. You know what I mean? Right. You're doing an air race. Um, but so I think that it has to do with... Um, stress for sure, psychological, definitely. But, um, you know, we had a porta potty when I grew up in the yard. Um, and so I think a big part of it was if it was cold, I didn't want to go outside and use a porta potty. If it was too hot, I didn't want to go outside and use a porta potty. There's always flies in the porta potty. Oh, uh, God. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> so yesterday I had to fly and I had to go take a, I had to go pee. And so I go to one of these porta potties and, you know, at these public events, it's like, you know, you go in and you see some things in these porta potties. It's like, I try not to see things in it's the like, porta potties. Oh my God, do these people live like this at home too? Oh my God. I and so I walked into this porta potty. All I got to do is pee, thank God. And I look down at the, the toilet lids closed, but there's crap smeared oh all God. around the front. It's like, and oh God. It's like, dog, I really want to pee in here. I had to pee really bad. It's like, well, I'm here. I may as well just pee, but I'm going to make sure my clothes don't fucking touch anything because this is fucking gross. Yeah, and make sure your pee man doesn't touch anything either. Oh my goodness. It's just like, holy shit. You know, it's like interesting. It's like, um, you know, how poorly people treat things when they're not theirs. When or it's not theirs. It's public. They treat that stuff. Because it's like, they're assuming, well, somebody else is going to clean up their fucking mess. Well, shit, dude. Nobody wants to see your pile of fucking crap in the porta potty. Nobody wants to see your fucking poop smeared all around everything in the porta potty. Yeah, so I nope. have a friend. Please, who... please, 
please treat the porty potty like you treat your toilet at home or treat it like it's somebody else's toilet. That you better yet. Treat it like it's not yours. Treat it like it belongs to the fucking uh, king of England. Be nice to the porta potty. Leave it nice for the next guy that has to use it. Please don't be a fucking slob. That's my PSA. I, I really like your PSA. Please don't be a slob. I love it. This is new new t-shirts for Adventure Flight. Don't be a slob. <laughs> but so, but my goodness, I can't believe it. It's I like, holy shit. So the funny thing is, is that um, I have a friend who um, owns a porta potty business. And one of the things that they talk about is that they actually put like a high um, pressure washer with a heavy duty chemical to clean them out. So, so they, they flush them out, but nobody actually goes in there and touches the damn things, which, cause I was wondering, I was like, how do you, they're so disgusting. Like, how do you do it? And he's like, well, over time you kind of become immune to it. You, it's probably like the stressful relationship, right? right? You just kind of get used to it. But you know, I pumped septic tanks for a while. Yeah. And after Ooh. a while you don't even smell, you get Ooh. nose blind. Oh God. I don't know about that nonsense. Anyway. Huh. It's but a shitty job. It's a shitty job. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. So, so growing up with a porta potty in the yard, um, in you know, desolation wilderness, I think that definitely contributed to my general outlook for, and mm-hmm. my brothers have it too. So it's definitely something from there. But um, yeah, nobody wants to go use the outhouse at forty below zero. Nobody wants to go use the outhouse. <laughs> Or yeah, so there was definitely something I think linked there for sure. But I know um, from a lot of research that I've done on the human microbiome that actually your gut is a big part of your emotions. Like a, a lot, of, you know, people say um, it it hit me like you know a bat to the gut, or they'll say um, it was a gut feeling, mm-hmm. right? Or we talk about intuition. Everything that happens in terms of that, it happens in the gut, and depression starts here, anxiety starts here, all of it. Um, so I actually do think that there's much, much more at play in terms of constipation in the microbiome mm-hmm. because think about it. It actually is waste hanging out in your intestinal tract, which is five feet long, right? right. I mean, that's a big deal. That's, and a, lot of, that's a lot of that's waste. That's a lot of waste. And it's hanging out in your gut. And if you have any kind of leaky gut syndrome or anything like that, I mean, it is going to affect your mental health. Right. It really does. You it, know a good poop feels good. Don't even lie. Oh, my goodness. A, a really good poop is so satisfying. It sets the whole I mean, day. It's, it's on par with an amazing orgasm. Legit. Like, I feel like I could go slay the freaking world on after a good poop. Right. And a good orgasm. And a good, orga- a good orgasm. I can do a lot with that. Right. <laughs> so, but this is interesting. So, you know, our body's a piece of machinery. And everything is connected to everything else. And it's interesting, like, you know, we go to these specialists, you know, ear ENTs or, you know, eye doctors and ear doctors and stuff. And they treat these things as individual, independent, independent individual parts. Right. And it's not the case. It's, you know, if your eyes are affected, it's usually something else in your body that's affecting your eyes it's or your exactly. ENT. There's something else going on that's bothering the, that whole the sinuses. system. Exactly. And you know, what's funny. Is and I was just it might be something that's just totally not related to anything in your head at all, but it has to do something in your gut or stress levels, or who knows what the hell it could be. Absolutely. And you and I were just talking about this yesterday morning where I was saying, you know, I really want to go off thyroid medicine. I've been on it since, I've been medicated since I was 28, but I've been, you know, diagnosed since I was 19. 
with Hashimoto's and I've done so much research, reading medical journals about ways to do this. And what I really truly believe is that if you get rid of the bad fungus, um, mold, the bad bacteria, that you can cleanse the body enough, get rid of the heavy metals that are just that all this shit has been pumped into our food system, etc. You can actually restore the body to a place where it really doesn't need this stuff. The body is a is a well designed machine that can actually heal itself and repair itself from these things, just like dogs and cats and horses and all the wild animals, you know. And um, I, and so, anyways, but the problem is that I'm finding is I think these functional medicine specialists are also capitalizing just the same way big pharma is, and it's really disappointing to see. I mean, it just the whole thing just has me so upset because. We've been poisoned. We've been lied to. The biggest pockets are driving the narrative, and it's just devastating. It is. It's, it, yeah. It's it's all a lie. I mean, this goes back to you know the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, in, you know, being a part of the American Journal of Medicine. We're going all the way back to AMA stuff. You know, right? Them developing universities just to indoctrinate, and then we introduce introduce glyphosate to the food system in terms of how they spray it on all the ag. And it's just like, I mean, it's really wild. Yeah, it is. Anyhow, great, great conversation about poop. Um, yeah, everybody poops, um, you know. Uh, but I'm still embarrassed that you heard my Wicked Ripper. The Wicked Ripper. <laughs> Farting is fun, I tell you. And, uh, but you know. But you not, maybe I've tooted in my sleep and you heard it on accident, but you not heard me toot. Right. Right. Still not. Still haven't heard you, haven't heard you too. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for that day when you're comfortable enough to fart in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen. Probably not. <laughs> but I'm comfortable enough to fart in front of you. Yeah, you do. You fart a lot. <laughs> it's a guy thing. You don't even apologize anymore. Yeah, you know, I take those little fart bad. pills and the fart paste. Mm. <laughs> it is a guy thing and I'm gravely outnumbered in this house <laughs> by a lot yeah there is so much testosterone in here little there's bitty a... baby testosterone all the way up to jeez manesies there's a lot of testosterone it's all boys I'm, I'm gravely outnumbered you handle it well <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should just start out farting you guys and then you'll knock it off you know <laughs> That was great. That was good. Okay. (laughs) This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.